This is Cornstalks and Sports Talk, your go-to Iowa-based sports show, hosted by the one and only Elliot Clough. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, Cedar Valley, and hello to the Hawkeye State. This is Cornstalks and Sports Talk, your Iowa-based sports show, hosted by me, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. I'm a UNI insider for Town Square Media. On this midweek episode, we'll be hitting a few things across the state schools, including UNI co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach Ryan Clanton moving on from Cedar Falls, and then some news regarding an Iowa Hawkeye receiver, excuse me, Hawkeye receiver deciding to return to Iowa City for next season. Uh, An anomaly, to say the least, most of the receivers getting out of town while they still can. But first... Breaking news today uh, via the UNI Athletic Department and making the announcement. Uh, we've got the article on the KOEL website as well, but Nate Heisey is officially out for the rest of the season. As many of you saw the news from me, and uh, well, it, it was from Cole Bear on, on his show interviewing Coach Ben Jacobson, and J- Coach Jake said that he'd be back for that game versus Missouri State, but Nothing really specified. I'm assuming there was some sort of setback in in practice or something with the hand, and he had surgery this morning, so he will be out for the remainder of the season. He was expected to be out four to six weeks with that hand-wrist injury, but that four to six weeks has quickly turned to the rest of the season, and uh, just a huge disappointment for you and I basketball fans a basketball fan myself and and someone who's who knows Nate to a certain degree uh, you just got to feel bad for the kid right i mean he hasn't really dealt with injuries much at all as as far as i can recall over the last 2 years maybe a little bit here and there but everybody does from from time to time whether it's an ankle or or what have you but Nate who has been a mainstay in the starting lineup the last 2 seasons no longer going to be uh, available this this year uh, for the remainder of the season. Only playing in, played in two games, one against Wartburg, if you really count that, and, and then the game against Richmond where you and I traveled out there. He sustained that injury after that. We saw him at, uh, at the United Center in that pregame shoot-around against Towson without that makeshift sort of cast thing on his hand, and uh, he looked like he was going to be back, but looks like... Uh, not not the case. He will be out the remainder of this season, but he will be back in 2023-2024. And man, do you know what this is? This is one of the first things I thought of in, in regards to this injury and the impact that it's going to have on the team and the, the fan base. You know what this is? This is when you have a crush on the prettiest girl in the class maybe the prettiest girl you've ever matched with on a dating app, or you happen to meet this pretty girl at church through a friend, what have you. You see her from time to time. You maybe chat a little bit. 
and you stir and you stir and maybe you ask out a, a, a girl who's not quite as pretty because you're afraid to be rejected or maybe things just don't turn out the way you want. You think you're going to see this girl at an event and she doesn't show up and then eventually you make eye contact with her and you make the decision, I'm going to ask her out today. We'll call her Jenny. You walk up to Jenny and you say, hey, Jenny, would you want to get some food sometime or, or would you want to grab a drink or would you want to go get coffee? She said, yeah, I'd love to, but I, I can't this week. I have a really big test. I, I have a, a big thing going on at work. I have to go see family next week. I can't. And so you say, okay, cool. You, you walk away and, and after getting her, her phone number, obviously, you sit and you wait and you stir and you get excited and you think about what could be next. Is this the start of a long-term relationship? Could we have our first kiss on the night of this date when we go get drinks? Could it be the start of our story that we tell our kids about one day? Do I make her laugh? Do I finally, finally, finally get to possibly be in a relationship with this girl I've had a crush on for so long? But then you get the text. Don't be mad, but I'm sorry, but something came up. And she doesn't ask to reschedule. And if you're a young man who hasn't heard that rule, if she doesn't ask to reschedule or doesn't offer a time to reschedule, don't go on the date. Don't offer another time. Anyway, she doesn't ask to reschedule. She's going on a trip for a year and, and decides she, she shouldn't because she doesn't want to get emotionally involved with somebody. She doesn't want to go on this date because she doesn't want to make herself vulnerable to being hurt or, or to being attached to somebody before she goes on this trip, before she leaves to go somewhere for work for an extended amount of time. That's what this is. It's this high of hell yeah. Nate's coming back. This is going to be huge. All these guys have this experience in the backcourt. He's going to add some great defensive prowess and no, never mind. Significant injury, surgery. He's done for the year. Obviously very different. This is involving a kid's health. This is involving the sport of basketball, which is very important to Nate. And, and, and this is, these are two things on very different drastic scales. But that is, and that has to be what it feels like. Is it not? This right in this high of excitement and ready to go and it's coming up and, and then it's the day of and you learn the, the disappointing news. And man, golly, golly, does it suck for everybody, but especially Nate Heisey. He had to have been thinking, yes, it's time to go. Finally going to play with, with my, my teammates again. We're going to get on a roll. We're going to start rolling through the MVC schedule and, you know, maybe we won't win. We won't win out. We won't win all of our games in conference play, but then, then it falls apart. Then you realize you have to get surgery and you're done for the year. And there, as a former athlete, there is nothing like that feeling of knowing that you won't be able to play. That it's the midseason, you're going to have to wait till the following year. There is no feeling like that. That honestly, that that analogy that that asking that girl out on the date, asking that guy out on the date that you've been waiting for so long to see that is the closest thing that I can think of. And it, it, it 
There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It just flat out sucks. To see a guy who started as a freshman for a talented UNI basketball team then came back last season, was a vital part in what UNI wanted to do. One of the best defenders in, in the MVC, or excuse me, the MVC, was definitely snubbed from a defensive team, all defensive team last season, along with Taiwan Pickford, and was clearly going to be the guy defensively this year, defending the opposing team's best player. Now that's Michael Duax, Duax starting in in the slot that that Nate was in. And just the fact that all of these young guys got so much more run and so much more time on the floor with Nate out. And that was going to be very, very, very beneficial going forward for this UNI basketball team in 2022, 2023, because you plug Nate back in, you get his fitness right. And then, I mean, coach Jake said it, you're more comfortable putting Landon Wolf, putting Michael Duax, putting Trey Campbell out there because they played the significant minutes. They've played in minutes that have mattered at this level, and they've done well. No, they're not perfect by by any means. They're still young. They're still learning. But, I mean, these are these are three guys that could play on almost any team across the, the MVC and probably exclude Drake. Uh, but other than that, honestly, I think they could all each individually earn time, whether off the bench or, or starting for other teams in, in the Missouri Valley Conference. So just... Uh, it's 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 good to have seen these guys step up and, and prove their worth despite that. I think it was a four-game skid that they went on and bounced back won these last two. This team is really starting to figure it out. Adding Nate Heisey would have been very beneficial, but clearly uh, not going to happen. And I, I do, I, I am impressed with the way they've stepped up, particularly Duex. Duex was a guy that a lot of people were excited about, but to see him elevate and, and show what he's learned I mean, that that play against, I'm trying to think who their last game was against, St. Bonaventure, where he attacked the basket late and put it up and, and made the, I think he made the layup or, or it was an and one or, or something, but I know he got fouled. And he that's a play he would not have made a month ago. That's not a play he would have made without the experience he got this season. And so Duax, clearly he he's learning a lot. I've been very impressed with Landon Wolf. I think Again, his ceiling is so high, and same thing with Trey Campbell. If you missed it, I tweeted it yesterday. Campbell, he's shooting 38.1% so far this year from three. As a true freshman, last year he was playing at Cedar Falls High School. So I, I'm I'm really impressed with, with what Trey has done. And Duax elevating not only in terms of defense, but the way he's rebounding the ball, the way he's playing offensively. And Landon Wolf is is just a weapon off the bench, and he will continue to be that. Now, lastly, regarding Heisey, it's not obviously definitive, but you have to assume that that Nate will get a medical red shirt for this season. He he will have only played two games. I mean, if you count if you count the one against Wartburg, because I know come tournament time they they don't really count those. So uh, he will hopefully get that red shirt. At least you know you're hoping for him, and and you and I fans are are hoping so. But with COVID being his first year, last season being his only full year that that actually counted, and and then this season he'll come back technically academically as a senior, but he'll have three years of of eligibility left, which is crazy. Uh, and of course, you, you hope he he sticks around for all of that, and and will be a UNI Panther for a long time. I mean, he's really found a, a role at, at UNI, and of course. Assuming health, assuming everything goes the way it should, he will be a consistent, high-level defender 
and and scorer in the future. I mean, he's he's going to be around for a while, and and to have him and Bowen and Trey in the backcourt, followed by R.J. Taylor and and some of these other guys that are on the way up, and obviously recruits that that will be in for the twenty twenty four class and and twenty twenty five. It's it's nowhere to go but up after this season for for Nate Heisey. So uh, best wishes to him. Of course, we won't be hearing from him for about a week, but we will hear from Coach Ben Jacobson tomorrow night after that game against Missouri State regarding Nate's health and what the plan is going forward. So that is all we know currently on Heisey. And of course, we we do wish him the best in his recovery and his health. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, next, as reported by Pete Thamel of ESPN, uh, this is more UNI news, of course. Uh, Ryan Clanton, who is the offensive co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, offensive line coach for the last several years, co-OC just this last season with Bodie Reader. He will be moving on to Iowa State for the coming season, filling that void. I think it was by Jeff Meyer, who was their offensive line coach. And uh, Clanton has very clearly been one of the best in the FCS. Nominated for that award by the AFCA as the top assistant in the country. So he he is one of the best in the FCS and definitely deserves this. I, there's, there's no other way to put it. I, I've only interacted directly with Clanton a few times. I, I'm a fan. I mean, he... I don't know that he knows my name when he sees me because he's never said it out loud, <laughs> but every time he's been, he's been super pleasant and been, Hey, good to see you. How are you? How are things for you? And, and stuff like that. So I talked to him at spring ball and a few basketball games and, and he's always been super pleasant. That guy is, is what a, what a Panther staff member should be. Of course, hashtag dogs, the, the big thing for him uh, at, at uh, in regards to his players that are on the offensive line molded sculpted Trevor Penning and Spencer Brown into being NFL draft picks. So uh, there's just nothing but, but good things to say about coach Clanton, whether it's from myself in the media, whether it's from recruits, whether it's from current players, past players, coach Mark Farley, et cetera. Clanton is, is just what he's, what you want on your staff from your offensive line coach and maybe ultimately a head coach. I mean, he's on track to do that. He coached at his high school for a few years. Then he went to, I can't remember, I think it's Ventura College, which I believe is D3, and then moved up to to UNI and has been in Cedar Falls for, for quite a while. But I just nothing but respect for that guy and, and what he's done at UNI. Um, in regards to the uh, it being official, Iowa State has obviously not announced anything yet. It's not official, but I mean, it's happening. Thamel, he doesn't miss on, on stuff like this. And if you head over to Clanton's Twitter account and you look at his likes, you'll see that he has liked some Iowa State recruiting stuff. Guy out of the portal, wide receiver committed. And then uh, they, they just got a commit from Dowling Catholic on the offensive line, a guy who was recruited pretty heavily across FBS programs. And so he has begun to like that stuff. No, it's not in his bio. No, it's not on his feed directly. 
but clearly this is this is what's happening. I, I shared the report on the KOEL website as well. You can find it there from me, you and I insider for Town Square Media, Elliot Clough. And uh it's it's all but official for for Clanton moving on to Ames. And the Cedar Falls to Ames pipeline continues for assistant coaches, basketball, football, whatever sport you wanna <laughs> whatever sport you want to look at, Clanton moving on to to Ames. And um as much as the state schools love to rip you and I, Iowa State sure loves uh, uh, poaching their assistant coaches too. I'll, I'll tell you that. And uh, you know, honestly, with all of what I just said regarding who Clanton is, what he's done at you and I, that plus the circumstances, it's tough, and it should be tough for everyone to get anywhere remotely upset with with Coach Clanton for moving on to Iowa State. You can have a dislike for Ames. You can have a dislike for for Iowa State, but but to fault Clanton for for deciding to head there to an FBS program, you, you can't do it. I mean, just look at it on its face. With the jump to FBS, these guys receive a drastic increase in pay, significant increase in pay. Clanton had to be living on pennies the last few years by play or by being the offensive line coach at UNI. That's just the way it is. The budget is is very minimal compared to what it will be or what it is at, at Iowa State. So they will be able to play him significantly more. The perception of, of him being a viable head coach one day is way, way increased by him being an offensive line coach at Iowa State. It just is. He has the co-OC on his resume. Now he'll have Iowa State on his resume, which is, is really good. He and Campbell... As as Jason Ludwig, who I believe is a listener, he at least interacts with with us on Twitter. Said he and Campbell are are cut from the same cloth, and that's just true. Clanton's a class act. Campbell's a class act. They, I'm sure, they're molding really well together. And after that interview, Campbell was like, "I want this guy on my staff. He knows what he's doing. He has the 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 pedigree. He played at Oregon. He's made NFL draft picks. Let's get this guy in and and make our offensive line play significantly better going into next season. And lastly, regarding Clanton and why he why the decision makes sense for him to go to Iowa State. Final point: more resources. We all know it. Along with increase in pay, he can turn to their weight room and say, look at this. We, this is where we make our athletes. Look at the stadium. You're going to be playing in front of 70,000 people. Look at Coach Campbell. He's done it before. He wins. Look at Hunter Deckers, who's a stud. Theo Day is the best quarterback in the state, but Hunter Deckers is a stud. And you're just going to have so many more opportunities to bring in those high-level recruits, to continue to build the resume, and to make more money while you're doing it. And I do not blame him in the slightest. It's another opportunity to learn from a really freaking great coach in, in Matt Campbell and to be around John Haycock, who is their defensive coordinator and has been awesome for, for them in his tenure at Iowa State. And you know, Coach Farley, I think kind of didn't necessarily make it obvious, but made it apparent that what the move was this offseason by making him co-offensive coordinator was, yes, a reward for the hard work and what he's done at UNI. I mean, the the accomplishments are there. He's he's made these off all-conference offensive linemen. He's made NFL offense, uh, offensive linemen. So we're going to make you co-OC. You deserve it. But it's also a push to try to keep him around. That, that, that promotion, it's like, hey, there you go. Stay around in Cedar Falls. And you can't blame Coach Farley. 
I mean, Clanton has been great at all the things you need to be you need him to be great at. Great at not only buy-in, but teaching, developing, and recruiting. And number one, I put buy-in number one because when you're coming from playing at Oregon, chances are these guys tend to and and, and he played in an, an, a national championship game. Need I mind you against Auburn? I believe that was in 2010, 2009, 2010, maybe 2011, somewhere in there. To to Move to that level, see Coach Farley, see what he's done in terms of success, see what you and I's done in terms of success, and choose to to learn and to move on to 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 grow and and to build while also having confidence in yourself. I'm just you and I has lost a good one. Iowa State's gained a really good one, so uh, it, it's it sucks to see him go. But you know, with that said, too, it's not it's not all. Negative, right? I mean, you and I, they're bringing back Bodie Reader as of right now. You still have Theo Day. Lots of talent back on the offensive line, despite the fact that they lost four starters. You still have Jared Penning back. You have Tristan Roper, who played a bunch of time. Blake Anderson, who played a bunch of time. You're bringing back Josh Volk, or you're bringing in Josh Volk, rather. And you got Ben Kunast, who is a three-star offensive tackle out of high school. You're going to be okay. And I mean, as to how they replace Clanton, I am not worried in the slightest. Coach Farley's coaching tree, if he doesn't, if there's anything Coach Farley does is he makes excellent future coaches. That's just, that's, that's, if, if you look at him and not only the success that he's put together, he's also pumped out guys who have gone on to be successful in coaching in the NFL and, and at the college level. And so that'll be an attraction to somebody like a Ryan Clanton, more or less. Do I think they have to stick around Iowa and look at some of these, I don't know, Division Three, Division Two schools? Absolutely freaking not. Look at the fact that they just got Ryan Clanton however many years ago, and now he's at Iowa State. That is going to be huge for, for guys who are coaching at, at maybe what's considered to be a lower level and their decision to, to go to Cedar Falls and, and be a coach there. And on top of that, I mean, Coach Randall McCray just came from the NFL to be uh, the defensive coordinator, then special teams coordinator for UNI. Drew Tate was hired. There is just thing after thing after thing after thing that makes folks like me not worried at all. I mean, granted, I, I don't really have that level of an investment of a, as a fan, but fans shouldn't be worried in the slightest regarding Ryan Clanton's replacement. UNI is going to go out and get somebody to fill that void, and they're going to get somebody who's good, and will continue to grow and hopefully be a good recruiter. And we will we will see who that is. Obviously, I'll keep my tabs on that, keep my eyes on that, and we'll keep you posted as that moves forward. Now, we'll head to break really quick. We'll be right back with more corn stocks and sports talk. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, final segment here on Corn Stocks and Sports Talk. We're going to talk a little bit about the Hawkeyes. Uh, obviously, that statement from Gary Barta came out today. <laughs> regarding the swarm and basically the complete, 
I don't know if lack of involvement is the right word, but mishandling of how Iowa's gone about the swarm. They're basically applying rules to it that are unnecessary, making the if they want swarm to be involved as much as other schools, they want to involve like Title Nine and basically put barriers there that are unnecessary. And I just think the whole thing is amazing. Like, I think somebody from a, a sports station in Des Moines actively went out and said, this is bad for, for Iowa sports. And I had heard that Kirk and Fran McCaffrey thanked this person. So they're very much against what Barta is doing. Other schools, I mean, it's legitimately not a legality, not an NCAA issue. Other schools across the country are involving their NIL collectives in in what they're doing to the degree that they can and funding it to the degree that they can. And Iowa just refuses to do so because I don't know. That's all I got. It's honestly what it is. It's essential (laughs) to a degree. It's Kirk Ferentz saying, you know, we won 10 games last year, so I don't think I want to fire my offensive coordinator. You know, it's Gary Barta saying, I'm smarter than you. Shut up. And that statement he released, they learned nothing other than, yeah, I'm going to dig my heels in. Yeah, I'm smarter than you. Don't talk. Stop. That's what that statement is. What this reminds me of is however many years ago, I think it was my senior year of college. So it was either 2018 or 2019. When during the winter across Iowa, I believe temperatures were going to be negative 20 with a wind chill of like negative 60. And tons of students were all over social media saying, why have we not canceled class? Why have we not canceled class? Why have we not canceled class? We all know this weather's coming. Why have we not canceled class? All the high schools around, all the other state schools have canceled class. Why have we not canceled class? This is stupid. I believe there was a tweet that went out that said I that said something to the effect of if you're outside for more than 15 minutes you'll get frostbite and somebody's <laughs> quoted it and said you and I provost it's a 10 minute campus <laughs> which means it takes 10 minutes to walk across campus ultimately the provost did cancel class but prior to that sent out a super passive aggressive email that was like I ah, were we got it we got it handled we're going to we'll cancel class if we feel the need to. It's it reminds me of that. It's not the same situation, fine, but like it's it's just like why? Why? Why are we doing this? Why do you feel the need to patronize the fan base? It just makes you look like an ass. That's what it does. So many people have said fire Gary Barda. It's time to move on and you know I don't cover Iowa to the same degree that I cover you and I. So maybe my take here is, is not, uh, it's, it's not to be listened to, to the same degree that somebody who would cover you and I, i.e. Dave, or excuse me, Iowa, like David Eicholt or Sean Bach. And David Eicholt has been very, very much, uh, very, very vocal on his Twitter, Twitter account regarding this. So you can go check it out for yourself. The statement, uh, it's it's all over Twitter. It's all over Facebook. A bunch of different uh, folks have shared it as well. So one more thing on Iowa before we get out of here on this midweek episode of Corn Stocks and Sports Talk. Nico Regani, he's coming back next season, which is a nice win for them. I, it's not huge. It's not groundbreaking. It's not the the greatest thing that's ever happened to Iowa football by any means. But it's a nice it's a nice win. I mean, this, this offseason... 
well, not even offseason, but since the end of the regular season, they've lost Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, Gavin Williams, and Alex Padilla to the portal already. Those are four guys that at least played some significant time and were successful at one point or another in Iowa City. Not only that, they're losing Sam Laporta to the NFL and Caden Proctor committed to Alabama. So, a whole lot of losses this 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 last few like month or, or or so this last month or so for the Iowa offense. And and not only that, Brian Ferentz is still your OC. So uh, it's about damn time. Something with the the Hawkeyes way it again. It's not huge. It's not drastic. It's not season changing, but bringing back Nico Reggini is, is really big for them. And it will help in terms of recruiting. I think with, especially with some of these portal guys, this is a, a player who outright said he loved his time in Iowa city. And, and he doesn't want to move on if he doesn't have to. I mean, this season, he was the second leading receiver, 32 catches in 10 games, 365 yards and a touchdown. Now, again, not crazy numbers, not a guy that's that's going to break opposing defenses or, or make them game plan for him, but it is big. And, and you're going to bring back Deontay Vines. Obviously, you got Cade McNamara and Eric all coming in. Brody Brecht back next year. And who knows what they're going to get out of the portal because obviously they're they're pretty desperate from for some for some talent on the outside so who knows what the offense is going to be like next year i mean mcnamara said it himself he was basically promised that there would be some changes and lord knows that iowa fans are looking for the same thing hoping that it's it's brian ferentz on the way out but raggini coming back i i it, it's a win not a huge win not a game-changing win, but a win in uh, a time frame where Iowa could use it for their offense. Anyway, folks, my name is Elliot Clough. Thanks so much for tuning into this midweek episode of Corn Stocks and Sports Talk. Before you go, make sure you subscribe, follow, so you don't miss an episode of the show. And then also leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're at. It does help us out a lot. Subscribe on YouTube as well. If you missed any of our more recent episodes, Sam Herter was on from Hero Sports FCS. We talked about Caden Proctor choosing Alabama last week, of course, and then you and I transfer portal news, signees, all that in these last few episodes. So check those out, and we will continue to keep you informed here on Cornstocks and Sports Talk, as well as KOEL.com. AM 950 KOEL is where the show is on Saturdays, 9 to 10. You can always listen to the podcast there, too. And my writing is always going to be on KOEL.com covering UNI sports. I am a UNI insider for Town Square Media. So lastly, folks, thanks so much for tuning in today. My name is Elliot Clough. I am a UNI insider for Town Square Media for the fourth time of this episode. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Elliot Clough. Stay tuned later this week for our next episode. And I will talk to you soon. Have a great one. This was Corn Stocks and Sports Talk. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.